night, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here alone for a solo interview episode. The full episode with John and Chuck will be out later this week. The Eastern Conference Butter or Parquet preview, it's here. The countdown to the NBA season and season five of Fast Break Breakfast is underway. Less than a month, boys and girls. Less than a month until opening night. It's been a wild day in the NBA. Uh, We had two NBA podcasters get jobs with NBA teams. Our man Brent Berry got hired by the Spurs, which, yes, of course, but besides being a part-time NBA podcaster, uh, he had a long NBA career and has been a TV analyst, but also a guy who I don't know that well, but uh, Sean Darenthal, who's been a part of the website The Stepian, which is that draft site that also a friend of our show, Cole Zwicker, is a part of. Uh, Sean got hired by the 76ers as a basketball scout, which is wild because, again, this is a guy who, in my mind, I know he probably had a personal life, but he just hosted a basketball podcast and wrote about NBA draft prospects. And today he got hired by an NBA team. That's a that's a pretty awesome success. I am I am pulling for all you podcasters out there. I will celebrate whenever any of you get NBA jobs with teams. Uh, anyway, speaking of podcasting, the uh, the biggest story in the NBA right now is uh, probably all the smoke emerging from the Jimmy Butler camp and the Timberwolves camp the last ditch effort meeting that happened on Monday. Haven't heard much coming out of that. Who knows if news will break before you hear this, but just thought I would have a uh, Tim Fakeless on to talk about how things don't seem to be going super great uh, up in Minnesota. Before we get to that interview uh, again, off season, we have a lot of announcements and a couple things I, I forgot to mention last episode. Um, if you want more John and Chuck, you should know by now that over at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast, John and Chuck have their own podcast episodes up over there. Ground Chuck episode two just went out, and that is available only to our Patreon supporters who support us at the $5 a month tier. If you think of it like you're just paying for our regular Fast Break Breakfast episodes, that's less than 50 cents per episode. But now you get the bonus goodies that all comes with the $5 tier including the Slack chat. Uh, And sorry it took so long, but we now have private RSS feeds for our Patreon. So you can listen to the bonus content. You can listen to those bonus episodes in your favorite podcast app. So you don't actually have to go to patreon.com. So all of that is there for you. If you sign up at the $5 tier on patreon.com slash fast break breakfast, a thing I forgot to plug last week, we're still having the shirt design contest Email your print-ready designs to fastbreakbreak at gmail.com. We will pick, uh, you know, more than one winner if we like the submissions. Every winner we pick will get $30 and a Fast Break Breakfast rally towel, and we will also send you the shirt that you designed. Preferably, the shirts would say Fast Break Breakfast on there. So far, the best one I've seen does not. So you have two weeks to get your designs in. If you want a Fast Break Breakfast shirt, why don't you design one? Email it to us at fastbreakbreak at gmail.com, and then we'll pay you and send you that shirt. Seems like a great deal. So, again, you got a couple of weeks to get in your Fast Break Breakfast 
t-shirt design submissions. And finally, if you want to play fantasy basketball with us, you have maybe a week left to sign up over at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast at the $4 level. After that, that price is going up to 5 Everyone who's already a $4 Patreon supporter, you guys will be grandfathered in. So if you sign up now at $4, you'll be good. You just have to pay $4 to play fantasy basketball. But we're, uh, we're locking that tier as we try to clean up our Patreon. Going to make that $5 the mark where you get the bonus episodes of Ground Chuck and you get the fantasy basketball. Uh, we're going to have regular head-to-head category leagues and then also the famous International Stackhouse of Pancakes negative fantasy league for pride and glory so if you want to be involved with fantasy basketball all you have to do right now is make sure you are signed up at that four dollar tier or above and then you are in uh as long as you sign up you are guaranteed a spot in one of our fantasy leagues details about the draft and the league's assignment will be coming a little bit later so all of that information mainly patreon.com slash fast break breakfast and Get those Fast Break Breakfast t-shirt designs in. Okay, let's talk a little Timberwolves. My guest today is a contributor for The Athletic, a writer at the Timberwolves blog, A Wolf Among Wolves, and a return guest on Fast Break Breakfast, Tim Fakeless. Tim, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Are you are you a long suffering Timberwolves fan? Could, do we call you guys long suffering? It's not. I mean, it hasn't been terrible. Uh, last last year was I mean, pretty see, good. Last year was pretty good, right? Last year was cool. Uh, yeah, I, I think long suffering is fair in the grand scheme of things. It I do, mean, it does well. Yeah, I mean, you you broke. Was it was it thirteen years of a playoff streak? Yep. So you broke the thirteen yep. year playoff streak. Everything worked out great. But now it feels like it's 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 maybe it's turning to ashes in your mouth. I, I don't know what what is happening. What what's happening with the Timberwolves right now? Okay, so <laughs> that's a fantastic question. Um, so I think this all kind of started with a Chicago I I want to say Sun Times article that came out basically saying sources tell me uh, Jimmy Butler is unhappy with. Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns and that kind of exploded onto the scene and had people had think pieces going all over the internet and just people talking about it and then there was stuff about Carl Anthony Towns being upset with this and that and then the Timberwolves signed the wall dang so the Timberwolves narrative just got bigger and bigger now Joe you know is going to get waved and stretched you never know there uh and then now this Jimmy Butler thing comes out about how apparently today he and Tibbs and Scott Layden, the GM, had a meeting about uh, uh, his, Jimmy's concerns with the franchise. And I think John Krasinski of The Athletic said it's a very serious conversation about his future with the team, something like that. Well, Sh- so. And Sham said it was a last-ditch effort. Right for yep. uh, for the <laughs> Thibodeau, I guess to 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 win over uh, Jimmy Butler. So those are some ominous phrases. I guess before we go, however, any deeper, I would be rude not to ask you about your breakfast. I know you're not much of a breakfast guy, but uh, <laughs> before we go any further, I don't want to pass up our formalities. Uh, did did you have a chance to have 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 a breakfast today? You know, I think I remember. <laughs> I think I remember the last time I was on. You asked me. 
what I had for breakfast, and I said I had an apple and coffee. Yeah, and, that sounds uh, familiar. Uh, however many months, years, whatever it is later, uh, this morning I had an apple and I had a cup of coffee for breakfast. You know, so, you know who else is reported to eat the same meal over and over and over? That's Jimmy Butler. I believe see, I've, I've read numerous things where he eats like the same like plain Chipotle burrito every day for lunch, and he has the same cut up pieces of chicken and fish for every dinner. Uh, just a normal guy, a normal guy with normal habits who can relate to other players. That's that's what Jimmy and I are. We're just normal guys. That's, <laughs> that's what we are. So is this behavior? I mean, first of all, I guess nothing has been reported, right? There, there's been no other news coming out of the meeting. We still don't not, know. We still not don't, yet. Yeah. Not that I know of. No. Um, so no. So is the the idea is he is maybe frustrated with his teammates' maybe lack of obsessive compulsive behavior as far as that you know leads to winning. That I mean that's kind of what it feels like. I think it's if you want to simplify it or put put yourself in Jimmy's head, I assume it's something surrounding their uh just sort of their young person mindset if that makes any sense yeah like, I, like i'm trying to put myself in in jimmy's brain here i think he sees cat and he sees wiggins and he knows that they're both like huge video game nerds that'll stay up to like four in the morning during the season playing video games and then they're and then they're on the floor taking or wiggins at least taking an ill-advised shot or two and then you've got cat uh not always bringing it defensively and I think he sees all that, and he formed a judgment from that, and whether it's correct or not, and whether he's kind of overlooking Cat's historically great season for a center <laughs> remains to be seen. But uh, it, it apparently has frustrated him to the point where this conversation, this meeting, has become necessary for him uh, to have any chance of uh, you know, reacclimating with the team and ma- making it a possibility for this season. Does it feel like a bridge has been burned or like our Timberwolves, Timberwolves fans bracing for an inevitable divorce here? Or is this just the off season news cycle? We have nothing else. And so we're getting very excited about, about these little whatever morsels of NBA news. It feels, it feels like something is happening when, so when the Chicago Tribune article came out or sometimes I'm, getting it wrong one way or the other uh i was pretty adamant on twitter in my uh stance that their relationship got better when i say there i mean a uh, cat and butler to the point where like i remember one point early early in the season when i, I think it was a home game might have been a road game i was at but but uh cat was in the locker room they just lost a really tough game and Kat said something like, oh, the basketball gods, they just weren't there for us, which is just something Jimmy Butler would never say. Yeah. Uh, and somebody mentioned that Kat said that, and Jimmy was basically like, well, what did he say? <laughs> like, he was just, he was flabbergasted, and then he started saying, oh, somebody needs to, we need to have, like, media training or something like that. He was, like, it was half-hearted, uh, but uh, he was clearly frustrated. And by the end of the season, when they beat Denver in game 82, for example, or in game five against Houston in the first round when they were eliminated. Uh, Cat was the first guy Jimmy went to. So it seemed like the relationship had improved. But now all this comes out and maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) I don't know. It's really hard for me to say. But the fact that these stories keep popping up 
And now like the big dogs, your shams and your woges and locally John Krasinski is like our local woge with this sort of stuff. Uh, so it feels real more so than it did however many months ago that might have been. So I, I think people here are preparing for the worst and that might just be a, I mean, Minnesota hasn't won a championship excluding the links who are amazing, uh, since 1991 in any sport. So I think they're just preparing for the worst just out of habit, but they might also might also be justified in that. Well, the worst being Jimmy Butler demanding a trade or something to that, that effect. Is that what you're saying? Like just the, the split up or, or, or sure. Yeah. Sure. Or the worst sure, of think, yeah. Th- Thibodeau being allowed to choose Jimmy Butler on an expiring contract over Carl Anthony Towns. Like, oh man, that is the worst. But I, I'm pretty confident that Glenn Taylor, the owner, would step in at that point. I keep hearing that. I keep, I keep hearing that that Glenn Taylor wouldn't let that happen. But so far, it seems like uh, at least all the Timberwolves fans that I follow on Twitter. They've just been like, it feels like they just get outraged over every personnel move. I, I feel bad for them. Like the whole, the whole Timber Bulls thing. I mean, it's an easy joke. It's low hanging fruit. Uh, it's pretty much a worn out trope at this point. But what can we do? It's that's the only joke to be made. Like whenever anyone gets cut, and you're like, oh, I bet, I bet, I bet they could get Lou Deng from the Lakers. And then when it happens, you're like, what are they even doing? Like, does anyone? Does anyone know if Luol Deng can play basketball? Like he hasn't played basketball yeah. in two years. I mean, even like I try to stay away from the the memes and stuff with the team, but man, the Timberwolves thing is kind of funny. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's pretty funny. I mean, but, yeah, uh, it's good. I mean, no, it, like it, it makes me laugh because it it just keeps happening and it's it's a real thing. Whereas I remember writing after they got Taj and they got Jimmy, I'm like, no, it's not a real thing. Taj is like a good starting power forward, and Jimmy's an all star. That was an obvious trade, but then. <laughs> Then they go get Derrick Rose after he had just like the low point of his career in Cleveland. And now they're, although he played well in the playoffs last year. Uh, and then they bring back Derrick Rose and now they sign Lou Aldang. And now there's reports that Joakim Noah is getting waived. And again, John Krasinski reported that there is interest in Joakim Noah if he gets cut. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean, come on. <laughs> at some point, I feel like ownership would need to step in there but, like i i can't i i hear tibbs saying like these are basketball decisions like these are you know these are basketball players that are that you know can help our squad but as an outsider and just some you know random nba podcaster i say well, no one else is trying to sign these players like as far yeah. as we can tell you're the only one who wants to sign these players so that part about it makes it weird so i wrote about that a little bit at a wolf among wolves and you're absolutely right nobody's trying to sign them uh and if you want a Tibbs devil's advocate, like siding with Tibbs, nobody wanted to sign Derrick Rose uh, for good reason. And then in the playoffs, there were legitimate several moments, several games where Derrick Rose looked like the best player on the floor for the Timberwolves. Uh, and I'm counting Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler. So maybe there's something to this Timberwolves thing. What I mean by that is, Maybe Tibbs just has a way with certain guys and he knows it. But on the other hand, that sounds like some, you know, fantasy world magic stuff where, and I think Rose is just, you know, a former MVP that has some stuff left. Noah and Deng. I'm not going to get overworked. And the thing that I've said the most about this is these are minimum contract guys. And if you look at the list of guys making minimum salaries, like the veterans minimum, the 10 plus year 
it's not a very impressive list. So I'm not too worried about it as long as they're signing for minimum deals. But if it turns into them, like suddenly Anthony Tolliver is not playing because Noah's there or Corgi Jang, that's where I might have a problem. Or if like James Nunnally doesn't get any chance to play after shooting like 50 something percent over in Europe from three over for Lou Aldeng, who hasn't played in over a year. That's when I'll have a problem with it. But I don't think Glenn Taylor needs to step in as long as he's getting these guys that he thinks will help, at least in the locker room on minimum deals. I just don't get worked up over minimum deals. But if this, if he ends up saying vocally or in-house or something that he wants to keep Jimmy over cat or something like that, you know, I'm, we're speculating here, but that's when I think Glenn has to step in. Right. I think like the, the argument that Derek Rose played pretty well in the playoffs, it's one of those where like he got buckets and I, I'm actually looking at his stats and you know, I definitely forgot he hit seven of his 10 three pointers. Uh, and, that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's one of those things where it's like, well, he's, he's looking pretty good because he's dominating the ball and doing his thing. And Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler aren't shooting. Like you have these games where uh, Andrew Wiggins and Derek Rose have attempted the most shots. And it's like, you have to know that Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns are your guys. And if you're going to win, you're, you're going to win with those guys. Right. But that's that's not how the series really went. It wasn't like Rose was there with Butler and Towns and he was like hogging the ball yeah. and Tibbs was demanding the offense was running through Rose. It was that Cat was just totally shut down by Clint Capella in ways that <laughs> right. I don't think anybody expected. And Jimmy Butler was still hurt. That was the big thing for him. Like he was clearly still hurt. So Wiggins, a lot of points, would start the game off hot, keep the Wolves in it. Rose would come in and keep them in it. And then in crunch time, it would still be Jeff Teague out there with the starters. And Wiggins is just not consistent yet. Who knows if he ever will be. And then you had your problems with Cat and Jimmy the whole playoffs. So I think that's more what it was than a, like a, a struggle to, for control of the offense. That's fair. My my main memory of this series is actually winning money on the draft app, playing Daily Fantasy by just selecting Clint Capella and letting other people get Carl uh, Anthony Towns because Capella was a monster. Really, uh, was man. No, so one of the regular season problems that I again hear from other Timberwolves fans, and it's gotten like I feel like it's been latched onto by by numerous articles have been written uh, looking at like the uh, the analytics numbers for Tyus Jones and all these like the most effective oh, yeah. you know the most effective Timberwolves lineup is like you know the starters minus Teague and putting in Tyus Jones and then one of the issues with the Timberwolves with like Derrick Rose is people saying like you know they're taking away minutes from Tyus Jones and even now I'm trying to set up a like a rotation on NBA 2K with the Timberwolves roster and I'm like <laughs> I don't I don't understand who plays the, the backup two or like the three, like I'm, I'm penciling in some Tyus Jones minutes and some Derek, Derek Rose minutes. So like how, how does Tibbs, how is he going to be able to incorporate some of these guys like Tyus Jones and James Nunnally, who said, you know, instead of his old bulls guys, like where is he going to find these guys playing time? And do you believe him when he says he's going to look for more minutes for them? Yeah, well I do because I know Tibbs likes Tyus, but he definitely didn't show it after he started when Jeff Teague went out. Um, but so, I mean, just for the sake of clarity, the best Wolves lineup last season was what you said. It was the starters minus Teague plus Tyus. But <laughs> the second best lineup the Wolves employed this year was their starting lineup with Teague. So it's not yeah. like they were bad with Teague. Or oh, anything. right, right, right. Yeah. But, um, I think my guess, just based on how they used Rose and Tyus last year, 
And I'm not saying it's good, <laughs> but Jamal Crawford is no longer on the Timberwolves roster. I think Derrick Rose is essentially going to take those minutes mm-hmm. and Tyus will keep his minutes. Uh, as for Nunnally or Josh Okoge or Kata Bates drop the two rookies, I think they're going to have to battle Luol Deng for the backup three spot, whether or not he can actually play the three anymore. I, I know a lot, a lot of Lakers writers said he looks lost at the three. Now he's more of a four. But, I mean, Tolliver at this point, Anthony Tolliver, who they just signed, is a Tibbs guy by default. I mean, Tibbs signed him, so I assume he'll play. Corky Jane got paid a boatload of money from Tom Thibodeau. He'll play. So I think it's going to be a similar lineup last year. It's just Tolliver is going to take that many of Bielitsa's uh, minutes. Bielitsa is over in Sacramento now. And then uh, it's going to be maybe a fight at the three, but then I think Derek Rose and Tyus Jones are going to play a lot of minutes in the backup backcourt. Yeah, that's how I ended up uh, setting my 2K lineup because I was trying to figure. Like, I look at the I look at the Timberwolves. You know, their main guys like Wiggins. Wiggins is the guy I want to size up. I want to play him at the four some. You know, like that. That seems like maybe it's his best spot. And then it's like, all right, we'll put Butler at the three. And then like we didn't have any more players. There's like, well, I don't have anyone. I don't have anyone <laughs> yeah. to put at the two. I don't. Like, I guess I'm putting Derek. So I'm like, all right, all right, all right, all right. All all the Jimmy Butler 40 minutes of the two. Derek Rose at the two, and then it's like Wiggins has to play every single minute at the three type thing. Right. Or I guess, you know, Nunnally or, or CJ Williams, or if I believe in a Kogi or, or Bates Jop, you know, like can they play wing? Because as you said, there's also there, there, there's there's so many bigs. Is, is that is that what we're dealing with? Is like it's it's yeah. even hard to size up Wiggins at the four because then there's no one else to play the other spots? I mean, I don't think Wiggins is gonna play the four. If anything, he'll play the uh-huh. two. Okay. Because I think uh I think just in theory, let's say Butler's on the team this year. Uh, Butler was playing more like the pseudo small ball four uh-huh. when they when they would try that. What I'm interested in is uh, they. <laughs> so if you want to fund like Tibbs Timber Bulls thing, oh I do. Uh, <laughs> everybody does. So <laughs> before the se- before they got Derrick Rose, Tibbs was adamant no three guard lineups, as in no Teague. Crawford and Tyus, for example, uh-huh, or, uh-huh. you know, something of the sort. The second Derek Rose signs, it's, oh, well, I mean, I'm willing to try a thing or two. <laughs> Who knows what? Oh, we're entering a playoff race here. And then suddenly it's Teague, or not Teague, uh, Tyus, Derek Rose, and Jamal Crawford sharing the floor uh, all at the same time. So with that in mind, James Nunnally is like six, 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 seven. He's tall enough to play the three. So I have a feeling that he's going to play some backup three. That's my guess. Uh, I have no way of knowing. But uh, yeah, lineups are going to be weird. I think things are going to change quite a bit, but I think Tolliver and Gorgie are pretty set as the bigs to the point where barring a, a bad game or two from the, those two guys, I don't really see like those small ball lineups like last year where Butler or even a Wiggins type would be playing the floor. Yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a pretty big Anthony Tolliver fan. I think officially our, our podcast is a very, very pro Anthony Tolliver podcast, but, uh, like he's got to play the four. Oh yeah, James Nunnally definitely feels like the guy that we just talk about in the summer, who then actually never plays like yes, like a minute. Absolutely, I, I, right. I gotta say, most people listening right now are like, I've certainly never heard of this guy. These guys keep saying this guy's name, and I've never heard of him. Uh, yeah, so like again, it's gonna be one of those things. I feel like. Maybe this is just me getting into my own personal demons. I feel like I'm going to be watching Timberwolves game one, and it's going to be like, hmm, Tyus Jones hasn't played. Neither has James Nunnally. Neither, ha- you know, neither has Josh Okoge or anything. Uh, yeah. So uh, I think Tyus. I think Tyus <laughs> will play. Nunnally, I 100 percent agree. Right, right, right. Unfortunately. 
Hey guys, Keith here. I know fantasy football isn't for everyone, but winning money usually is. And personally, I love fantasy football, and I've been playing daily fantasy football at draft.com. One of my favorite things from last NBA season was winning money on draft, and now I'm playing again for fantasy football. It's easy to play. You join a draft with three or six of your buddies or strangers, if you prefer. You draft your teams, and then you get paid immediately when you win. Download the app at draft.com slash fastbreak or on the iTunes or Android app store. Use our code fastbreak and get a free entry to a $3 money game. I'm telling you, it is so, so fun. Uh, people still aren't drafting Patrick Mahomes or Ryan Fitzpatrick high. You just you draft your five-man team. You can play against your buddies. You win money. Couldn't be any better. If you join, follow me. Uh, my username's Fast Break Breakfast, and then I'll follow you back. Then we can challenge each other to games. It's a fun side game to be playing while you're watching NFL on Sundays. Draft.com slash Fast Break. Use our code Fast Break. Play fantasy football and get paid. One more time, download Draft. Use our code Fast Break. Um, so Wiggins, you know, he, he signed this big contract. He's like this very divisive figure. There's a constant argument, like, is he actually good or isn't he good? Or, right. you know, like, exactly how good is he? Uh, do you view him with this massive contract? Is he a, is he a, a negative asset even? Is he someone, like, if you were gotten, if you were president of basketball operations for the Timberwolves, would you be, just be trying to get out from underneath the contract? Or, or do you think, like, okay, he's okay to have around, just maybe overpaid? Oh, man, that is a great question because – I think I wrote about Andrew Wiggins more than anybody else in the last like two, three years. Uh And it's not because I'm enamored with his game. And it's also because I don't think he's bad. It's just, he's so intriguing because in theory, okay, so I'm going to try to break this down in a not, not talk for three hours. Uh, Andrew Wiggins very clearly has physical tools that can make him a good basketball player. We all know that. Like he's, uh, he's got the body, he's got the athleticism, he's got the speed. Like, I don't think people, or maybe people don't realize that, but he's a lot quicker and a lot faster than I think people realize just straight end to end speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody knows that he appears lethargic a lot of the time as well. And sometimes that's kind of showcased in his numbers and his shot selection. Um, and he's never been an efficient scorer and he was drafted first overall because he was supposed to be this great scorer and this great defender. His defense has improved to the point where I think he's an average defender. He was bad before. I think he became average to maybe slightly above average this year or uh, this past season. But the big thing with Wiggins, and I'll, I'll try to break it down statistically, is he's always been like a 75, 80% free throw shooter, something around there, um, except for last year where he dropped to like 60-something percent. I could look up the exact number. but Yeah, he was bad. It was really bad. And with that, stopped taking uh, shots at the rim. I think his shots at the rim went down from five or six to two or three. And I'm talking just straight up shot attempts where he wasn't fouled. And not shockingly, his free throw rate dipped as well because he was terrified of going to the rim. But instead of taking more threes or something like that, I mean, Andrew Wiggins, he's taking these Kobe Bryant fadeaway mid-range jumpers that are killing his efficiency and thus making him ineffective as a third option, despite scoring, what was it, like 17 a game. Uh, So I think the tools are still there for him. I think he needs a coaching staff that can put him. I'm not saying Tibbs and his staff can't do it, 
But I think he needs to, I think this staff or another staff, whatever have you, need to put him in a position where they're basically telling him, hey, if you're not driving it to the hole and getting to the line or taking a three-pointer, you're moving the ball. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean he can't take, you know, 12 to 15 to 16 shots a game, but they need to be good shots and he needs to be taught that. And maybe they are trying to teach him that and he's not listening. I don't know. I'm not in the practice, but I think that's really what it comes down to. I think last summer when we spoke, I, I told you that I thought Andrew Wiggins, he was like Rudy Gay with worse defense. I'm, right. st- I'm still there. Like, I don't, I don't think that's a skill that a player can like learn. I feel like guys are kind of who they are as far as, you know, like, I, I don't think he's going to learn to be able to like, all right, just keep, keep the ball moving. Like stay active on offense when you don't have the ball. Right. Like, like that's right. like, that's not a thing. It, it's sad. Cause I feel like I, like the fit isn't great on the Timberwolves, but I feel like there's other NBA teams who are offensively starved who like, yeah, you should like, he should just be there. If the team viewed him as a mildly negative asset with that big contract, like Nick Batum for uh, Andrew Wiggins. I feel like the Hornets could definitely use an Andrew Wiggins just to score 18 points a game. Like that would definitely be needed. Uh, yeah. That, that would get the Timberwolves off, uh, off of that long contract. I've, I've, I've joked with myself as a Grizzlies fan, Chandler Parsons for Andrew Wiggins and, and Grizzlies fans get furious. Like, no, I'd rather have, I'd rather just wait out Chandler Parsons. I'm like, guys, if we're shooting for that seven seed, Andrew Wiggins can get us there. Like he can't get us above like the six or the five seed. But uh, again, most Timberwolves fans are, are not ready to, uh, totally cut bait and uh and like this is just sunk cost let's get out of it yeah yeah and my old co-worker dane moore when i was at zone coverage he wrote a really good piece i think at zone coverage or 1500 espn i can't remember which one uh basically saying that he talked to people around the league and they said well, i mean wiggins can be had oh, teams yeah. are interested in andrew wiggins so it's not like he's a dead asset at this point just because he has this giant contract. He's still like 24 years old Yeah, and he still can score. He still has the physical tools. He's still uh, not an injury prone player. So there's something there. It's just whether or not he can figure it out. But I agree. Like we were talking about NBA 2K earlier. Andrew Wiggins is really easy to manipulate into a really good player on NBA 2K. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, all right. So re- sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, that was it. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, to wrap up, uh, talking about a Jimmy Butler trade, if there is a theoretical Jimmy Butler trade, or if he gets traded in the next few minutes after we hang up, uh, what yeah. is an appropriate return for you? Are, are you looking for like a big haul or, or are you looking at it? Like if he wants out, let's just take what we could get. So like, what do you have your eyes on? If he's going to be traded, what, what kind of return are you looking at? Uh, young players in draft picks or like a star to star trade. And the only star to star trade I can think of, I, I kind of want to bring it up on Twitter just to like get grilled for it. But there's one in particular that I think might make sense for both teams, but maybe not. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you want me to say or Please not. Please do. But, no, that's, that's why you're here. Uh, you Feel free to tell me I'm an idiot for this. But uh, Jimmy Butler and Kyrie Irving are friends. Yes. And Kyrie Irving is, I mean, they're like good friends to the point where there are reports about them wanting to play together on their next contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both on or their contracts are expiring the same year next year. Gordon Hayward is coming off a catastrophically bad injury, but he still has several years left on his contract. Uh, although even when healthy for both of them, I think most consider Jimmy Butler to be the superior player, right? If Boston wants to ensure that they keep 
Kyrie Irving and maybe even get a better player than their max small forward in the process, all while the Wolves are able to bring in a guy who has years and maybe is a better offensive fit next to Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, that might be a good move for both teams because it fits financially. It's intriguing. So if I'm the Celtics, I don't want it because I'm too, I would be too nervous about having Jimmy Butler and Kyrie Irving guys who I'm worried about their health going forward. Like even, you know, however, Kyrie, obviously he gets dinged up a lot. He has an extensive history of injury. You know, Jimmy Butler, you just worry about the miles, like the whole Tibbs effect uh, type thing. And with the both, you know, having to pay them both more after the next season, that, that would be my hesitation, but I like, I like where your head's at. Why not? Yeah. I want to be in the war room so I can negotiate because then I'd say, if you want to keep Kyrie, which I think you do, don't right. you want to do everything to get him to stay there? But at the same time, I, it's a good plan. Like if I were Boston, I probably wouldn't do it. Why but not? I, yeah. I, I've floated this one a couple of times. Why not CJ McCollum? Why not? Like, a, you know, obviously McCollum is not as good as Jimmy Butler, but McCollum is younger and he's under contract for the next few years. Like, why not just a Jimmy Butler for CJ McCollum? I'm good with that. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like we're getting somewhere for me that, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I feel like also maybe, you know, if I feel like the, the Blazers, if they thought Jimmy Butler might resign, then they, they could even throw in a pick. I think the Blazers have all their picks coming up or they mm-hmm. could swap out some of those bad contracts, take back a Jang for a my, like a Gorgie Jang for Myers Leonard or something, you know, where you guys shuffle your bad contracts and save some money for the Timberwolves. Oh man. Like I, I like that one. Also, yeah. G- Jimmy Butler has been hanging out in Denver a lot. Apparently, he's really good friends with Demarius Thomas. Like, sure. w- why not something on the Nuggets? Now, the Nuggets, I don't think you're going to get one of, your, one of their... You're not going to get a Jamal Murray or, or a Gary Harris. Oh, but, then I, I don't know what so, the yeah. Wolves would be doing shopping around there if they're not getting one of those I mean, two. I mean, you would just, you would just take a, a mediocre pick. I'm actually mad at the Nuggets for dumping Fareed and their first-round pick next year just to save money. Because I'm yep. like, well, why don't you just give them Michael Porter Jr., Kenneth Fareed in your first round pick. Yeah, that would have been a lot more intriguing. Like right now, you'd almost have to wait for Will Barton to be available to be traded. And that's like, like January. I feel like yep. the contracts of like a, or if you want a Plumley, you want a Plumley? Probably uh, get you a good deal. I mean, uh, Michael Porter Jr. or Mason Plumley? Maybe? Dude, I if I, I'm not, I'm not Tibbs and I'm not saying Tibbs is a brilliant GM, but no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was not as good. All right. Well, Hey Tim, thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for giving me your, your opinions. Uh, I guess best of luck with whatever goes forward. I don't know. This is, you know, this is, this could be breaking news or maybe Jimmy Butler. This is just, just, this is just September filler. It's all going to blow over and you guys are going to race to that f- six seed one more time. Brilliant. Can't wait. <laughs> All right. Hey, bud. Uh, appreciate you coming on and look forward to talking with you soon. All right, man. All right. Thanks to Tim. You can follow him on Twitter at Tim Fakeless, Tim F A K L I S, or read his stuff at a wolf among wolves.com. Kind of feels like the Timberwolves are a mess. I feel bad. I don't understand how they can have Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns then be just so weird with everything they put around them. Also, uh, breaking news, right after we recorded this, Jimmy Butler tweeted, uh, you got to stop believing what you see on the internet. I didn't have no damn meeting today. It's tomorrow. So no Monday meeting. Actually, it will be a Tuesday meeting. Uh, So maybe something will happen after that. Anyway, if you want more Fast Break Breakfast, remember we have bonus episodes 
at fastbreakbreakfast.patreon.com. You can also sign up for Fantasy Basketball there with us. Join the Slack chat where we talk about basketball and movies and whatever else around the clock. It's the best way to support the show. If you've been listening for a long time, uh, we want to get you involved over there. We personally feel like everyone out there should sign up for at least a dollar to help fund the show as we barrel towards season five of Fast Break Breakfast. Also, download the Draft app, draft.com slash fastbreak. Use our code fastbreak. You can follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook at fastbreakbreak. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening, and remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being G&G. Fair break, break, man. You understand?